Good morning, everybody, or afternoon or evening, depends on what part of the world you're in. This is Latara with Graveyard to Greatness, and today is June 13th, 2019. Today, I want to talk about a subject that is so dear to my heart and also to the hearts of many, whether they're aware of it or not, but I believe it's still on their heart. Today's topic I want to talk about is the calling of the grave. And I know that seems kind of strange, but if you bear with me and listen in, you'll understand what I mean. This isn't about uh, religion or anything like that, but the best things that I could get to share with you, actually this came from the scriptures, from the Bible, and it's in John 11, verses 1 through 44, and it's about the death of Lazarus. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is um, when people think you're sick because you're following your gifts calling in the earth, that's what Lazarus was doing. He was doing him, doing what was in him to do. And because of that, it didn't look right. So his family member, his sisters and what have you, felt like Lazarus was sick. And they knew that there was somebody that could help Lazarus get well, which was Jesus. And so they went to seek Jesus and tell him that your friend Lazarus is dead. Now, how many of us in our lifetime, when we have a gift that's on the inside of us that is greater than anything in this world, that we would pursue it more than anything, but the people around us feel like it's not what you should be doing or that you could do better, but they don't understand the drive that's in you for that very thing. Um, even like, for example, myself, my, my drive in me, that hunger and thirst is to help humanity, is to go out and help humanity at all costs. That's why over 20, about 20 years ago, I went to mission school and so that I could be a part in helping people where they are. It wasn't about going out to preach to them, but to see the need and meet the need. That has always been my heart's desire, even since I was a child. And so when you begin to move on that thing, sometimes uh, it may cause you to, you may be working in one a business form and all of a sudden the calling gets so strong that you come out of that and begin to branch out on your own maybe as an entrepreneur but everybody around you is looking and they're saying look at you you're suffering you don't have this you're struggling you're borrowing here and you're borrowing there look at you you're sleeping in your car but you still know that very thing that's inside of you is greater than the words that they're speaking but yet those words will constantly begin to beat you down and make you begin to doubt whether what you're doing is right or is this the correct timing and yet and still every night you go to sleep you dream about this is the correct timing this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I gotta and you wake up the next day and you begin to move on that thing but the people around you whether they're your friends or your family members because you know they won't see 
what you see. They don't feel what you feel. They don't hear what you hear. They're content in what they're doing, whether it's on their job. They're content in that security and knowing that, okay, I got to have this paycheck. I'm not saying that you don't need a paycheck or that you don't need money, but they're more content in doing and being in that place than fulfilling what's in them. And then a lot of times they don't even know what's in them, but what they are good at is looking at you and telling you that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing because now isn't the time. So Lazarus had an issue. And his issue was amongst those that was around him and speaking in his life. And he began to doubt what he was given from birth. He began to doubt what he was called or gifted to do. He began to doubt all of that until he became sick. And how many of you know that when sickness come, if it's not treated properly, death is soon to follow. And that's what transpired for, for Lazarus. But we'll get to that part a little bit later. So now that they have met up with Jesus and told Jesus <laughs> that Lazarus is dead. I mean, excuse me, that Lazarus is sick. The creator or Jesus says to them, no, he's not sick, but he sleepeth. How many of you know that not even the people around you can identify or differentiate between death and sleep? To some people, death looks just like sleep. And to some people, uh, sleep looks like death. Either way. They can't differentiate between the two. So they're going to give their pronouncement of what they believe it is, even though the one who is able to do something about your circumstance, they just going to tell him nope or her. Nope. This one here is dead now. And if you had to come sooner with your resources to help them, then this situation wouldn't have gotten to this place or that they wouldn't be dead. They don't know the difference. How many of you know that to be sleep is a time of rejuvenation? It's a time when the body gets the rest. It's the time when the body begins to heal itself. It's a time when the mind begins to unwind. It's a time when the, when the conscious mind then goes in and impreg impregnate the subconscious mind with the things uh, that it has been carrying and waiting to release into it so that the subconscious mind could later on give birth to that thing. But you, you better hope and pray that the conscious mind have been thinking of positive things. Otherwise, when it impregnates the subconscious mind, it's going to give birth to something you don't want. And a lot of times that be friends, so-called friends or so-called called family members. Yes, we don't get to choose the family that we grow in or born into. However, when we're there, we still have to be careful. We still have to be careful of what we share with those people. We have to be careful of everything that we do, everything that we take in mentally, emotionally, 
physically, spiritually. We have to be careful of the things that we watch and that we hear because all of those things in our waking state at some form or time or another is going to impregnate the subconscious mind with it and it's going to yield its harvest. It's going to give birth to that very seed that it carries over a period of time. Sometimes those seeds won't come up to 25 years later. You'll wonder, what is this thing here? And if you're not in tune with yourself, you won't even know. You'll think that it just came out of the blue and out of the sky and you'll be there crying and snotting and not understanding. But if you in tune, you'd be like, okay, this must have been something that I sold. Uh, This is a seed I sold long time ago and now it's up before me. And instead of addressing the situation, we're crying about it. We're boohooing all over it. We don't understand. Woe is me. Why is me? Everything is always happening to me. It's not that. It's the seeds that we're planting. So we have to be careful of that very thing. So people will then prepare your body for the grave. They will automatically dress you in the things that they want for you to wear. You know, you got some of those friends and loved ones that tell you, you know, I don't think you're really that good at this, you know, but I've been watching you. What I think you're really good at is this. So you should do this this way because it'll help you out in the long run. Or if you just go to school and study this, you can make more money this way because what you're doing, that ain't going to bring no money in. They don't get it. They don't understand your calling. They don't understand your gifting. They don't understand why you came here to earth to do what you want to do. People always want you to do what they want you to do versus what you know you want to do. That is the saddest thing that I have ever experienced in my life. I have cried my own eyes out about such things. And I would always ask the creator, why must I have these people around me? And even when I would try and go to way, get away from them, it seemed like they would follow. It was like they wanted to put me in the grave as fast as they could. They wanted to make sure that what was in me, I would never give birth to it. They wanted to make sure it will die right there in the grave along with my body. But there is something in me that's greater than anything anybody could speak to me or over my life. I feel like this. One monkey don't stop the show. I don't care what circumstances come up against me. I'm going to hold on to that which is in me. If I have to struggle, then let the struggle be. If I have to be hungry, then I'll be hungry. But one thing I will not do is compromise what is in me. For the reason why I came to this earth to do, I will not give it up. I will not walk away from it. I just will not just because somebody else doesn't see my vision. It's not for you to see. 
is not for you to even hear. But if you say that you have any ounce of care for me or any ounce of love for me, then what you could and should do is say, look, I don't see it totally, but because you do, I'm going to stand with you. You don't have to see the vision that somebody has to stand with them. All you have to do is know that this person, and if you've been with them long enough, have a track record of making things happen, whether it's small or big, you have seen their track record. You have seen them stay faithful in many things. So you should understand and know that they will never give up on their dream. They will never give up on that vision that is inside of them. They don't care who likes it. They don't care who don't understand it. They don't care any about any outside voices. It's not about you. It's not even about the person who is carrying the vision. It's the vision that is greater than them because it's for the world. I remember listening to someone say Coretta Scott King told Martin Luther King she didn't marry him because of the dream that he had. She married him because of the vision that she saw within the dream that he had. Let me say that again. I heard someone say that Coretta Scott King said she didn't marry Martin Luther King because of the dream that he had, but because of the vision that she saw in the dream that he had, that a dream you can wake up from. And it's just a dream to many people. But there are some people that when they have a dream and they wake up from it, they understand and know that this thing is bigger than this. Or someone you can tell your dream to. And they'd be like, wow, this thing is bigger than just a dream. This is a vision, a legacy that will live on outside of you. That's what Coretta Scott King heard. That this was a legacy, not a dream that will carry on past Martin Luther King. And it did. Those are the kind of people that we need to have around us. Those are the kind of people that we need in our lives. Those are the kind of people that we should pray for or we should fast for. We should meditate for. Those are the kind of people we need. Those who will say, you know what? I'm there to the end. I promise you, I won't. I will not speak death over you. I will not prepare you for the grave because you doing things the way you need to do them or see fit to do them. But I'll be here to assist you should you need me. I'll be here to help you give birth to the thing that's inside of you. Sometimes we need a good doula. We need a good midwife. You know, sometimes you have so many doctors in the room that since they're, you know, all caught up in their profession that they miss it and try to tell you it's this way. When in all actuality, there's another way for you to be healed. Not everybody will be healed by modern by modern medicine. Some people will be healed by alternative um, medicine.
And that's fine as long as the healing takes place. But if I'm caught up in only one way, that it has to be this way or it's no way, then I myself am keeping the vision in me and subsequently will end up in the grave. This is part one of Graveyard to Greatness message, which is the calling of the grave. We're going to dig a little bit deeper on this a little bit later. Give me your feedback on what you think about this and how it has uh, opened up your eyes and caused you to see things a little bit different. But just know Lazarus had a purpose. And the universe or the creator or whatever you want to call it was going to make sure at all circumstances or regardless of, to any circumstances that he did not stay in the grave with his purpose. That he did not stay in the grave with his calling, with his gift. The universe was going to make sure of that. And the universe did one thing, and we're going to talk about that one thing that brought Lazarus back from the sleep that the people around him thought he was dead with. That called Lazarus out of the grave. I don't know what grave you may be going through in life. Maybe you can't pay your bills. Maybe you don't have a roof over your head. Maybe you can't feed yourself or your family. Maybe, you know, you were kicked out of school and, and you just wanted to pursue a degree. Maybe you even wanted to travel the world to help out. Maybe you just wanted to be a philanthropist. There are so many things that you feel you could have done, but circumstances cause things to be put on hold just because it's on hold doesn't mean that it's the end it's just on hold but even in the holding you still have to do something to keep that gift cultivated whether it's to go take up a course or um for you know a few dollars online for something else but it's working toward that thing that you want to do, get certificate or certified in something that will also benefit what you're trying to do. If you want to travel the world, but you can't or you don't have the money to get the passport, then go and volunteer amongst people of different ethnicities and cultures and begin to learn. There's more than just one way of going global. And for those that live in America, this is truly a melting pot. You, you can go into different areas. And I know there are a lot of things that are going on here in America, but still, if that's what's in you, the universe will guide you. The creator will lead you to the places where you need to be. If you want to feed the homeless or you want to feed, you know, families that's in need, then go down to a homeless shelter or go down to a place where uh, those people are and start there. 
We all have a beginning. We all have a place where we must start from. But if we don't start and just sit around and talk about what we're going to do or what we would love to do, then it means nothing. I was nine years old when I knew I would travel the world. Didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew this was what I was going to do. I knew this was I knew that that was what my purpose was a part of it. And I knew it was to help people. I had no idea that over perhaps I think it was about 15 years later that I would find myself in a school that would provide me the means necessary to travel the world. And I have been in 13 countries since then. And it's 25 years later. And I have given and I have helped. I have gone to countries with only $71 in my pocket, 71 US dollars. People would pay for the trip. I didn't know. All I did was sign up. Yes, I'm going. Someone would pay for that trip and I would go because greater was in me than anything that's in this world. And I was going to accomplish that which I was sent out to do in the earth realm. I was not going to allow anything or anybody to stop me. And keep in mind at that time, I had four small children and I was a single mother. But what was in me was even greater and stronger than than my children. And I would go and things would happen when I would go back home, but I would not leave the field and come back and tend to them because I knew and believed then God sent me to those countries. And because I was obedient and I did go and I did stay. When I got back, I was blessed in more ways than I could have ever fathomed. And with that $71, that one particular time to be gone out of the country for three weeks with only 71 U.S. dollars, not one day did I not have a roof over my head in another country. Not one day was I hungry at all. As a matter of fact, And it was, you know, just going on pleasure for vacation. I just went to Egypt with only $26 in my pocket. And I went to see the pyramids and and so forth. And I ate every day. You know, I, I think about the Bible say, if you be willing and obedient You will eat the good of the land. And trust me, people, I'm not making this religion about religion or a religious statement. But I must admit the scripture is still in me. Whether I still travel the world and preach or not, it's still in me. And some of those scriptures, if not all of them, are still good to hold on to to speak to my everyday life. And to others, their motivational words, even if it was a word that was coming from the Quran, if it's motivational, so shall it be. Or any other religious text, does it speak life to where I needed to speak life at? 
or if it's a philosophical book or, or a poem or what have you, does it speak life to my situation and what I'm going through? Please be careful in what you do and what you hear for truly the grave is calling you so that you die with your purpose and your destiny inside of you. It doesn't want you to fulfill it. But I guarantee you every day that you wake up with life in your body, you can always make a difference. The thing is, get started where you are. Get started where you are. Once again, this is Latara with Graveyard to Greatness. I wish you all the best. Stay tuned. There is more to come on this subject. The calling of the grave. Until then, have a good night.